welcome to How Fitting, the podcast about creating fashion and growing a business that fits your customer, your lifestyle, and your values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Emma Rubinson of her namesake label, Emma Rubinson. So welcome to the show, Emma. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I am a fashion designer based in New York City. Um, I recently showed at my first ever New York Fashion Week. I've been working on building my brand um, on the side for a long time, and I've been sharing my work on social media for a couple of years. I'm really looking forward to launching some of my first products in the next coming months and um, working on some new collections for next season. So exciting. And yeah, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and like see your collection and it was so cool. Thank you. Um, so I want to kind of start from the beginning. Like, um, what is your background? How did you get into fashion in the first place? Totally. So I started when I was very young. I've always just kind of been really into working with my hands and creating materials. Um, I did when I started out, I didn't have, you know, a sewing machine or a mannequin or, or any of the professional tools. So I really kind of was just making do with what I could find. Um, I did a lot of upcycling at first. I worked with a lot of t-shirts that I would um, cut up and, and experiment with fabric manipulations and then um, t- kind of turned into t-shirt knitting and just really exploring materials and pushing them in whatever way I could uh, come up with at the time. Um, mm. And then I started taking a few like after school classes to learn how to sew um, and just always have been working on my own projects. Um, I did a couple of big projects uh, in, well, I guess I did one major project in high school where I did um, an interactive installation project, which was my first intro into the event space um, world, which was Mm -hmm. super fun. Um, And then I went to Washington University in St. Louis and got a BFA in fashion design uh, from their program there. Nice. Yeah. Another St. Louis person here. Um, I didn't go to Wash U, but I know a lot of the students and professors there. So it's so cool. Awesome. Um, so yeah, did you, so what was your kind of like, did you always know you wanted to be a designer then? Or um, yeah, what were kind of your aspirations going into getting a fashion degree? Yeah, I would say I always knew that I wanted to be a designer. Um, it kind of took me some time as it does for anyone to define my direction and my my brand and my um my personal style mm-hmm. um I've always been very attracted to high fashion runway kind of out there more art fashion than um, something marketable so typically I really explore textiles in um as innovative a way as I can think of and um, like very sculptural types of pieces. I'm usually only making things once. So launching a few pieces from my collection um, this season is a little bit of a new venture for me. And I just definitely really enjoy working with very bright colors and um, just exploring uh, very personal topics and inspirations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to dive into that a little bit more of like finding your style and then like how would you 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 described your style a little bit but can can you go into a little bit more detail of what that was like discovering what your style was and then how would you describe it now totally um I've always been a color lover 
Um, actually, when I was really young, I had my bat mitzvah was a color themed and it wasn't just like I picked a color scheme and that was it. Like the theme was explosion of color, um, <laughs> which is very funny because I have pictures of myself as like a young kid with these like comic sans signs that say color is life. And I think <laughs> I recently sent that picture to my mom being like, isn't it kind of funny that color is actually my life? Um, mm -hmm. So I would say it's definitely been um, an evolution, but sticking within the same world. I take a lot of inspiration from my, my main mission is that I want to inspire people to be their truest, most authentic selves and um, really showing your true colors. Uh, a lot of my inspiration sources are psychology based and um, about my relationships with people and bringing people together in a space where people can be their authentic selves. Um, mm -hmm. I have this uh, philosophy, I guess I would call it on confidence pants. That's kind of like one of my things that I try to include in every collection. Um, when I was younger, I used to, I, well, I actually still have them, a pair of these like graffiti printed leggings. Um, that when I would wear them, I would just feel like I was being so bold with my style and they made, I called them my confidence pants because they made me feel confident. Um, <laughs> I love that. And I, over many years collected, I think like 20 pairs of, of, of confidence pants pattern leggings. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of stuck around. Um, and otherwise, I would say more specifically, like my senior year of college, my thesis collection was um, inspired by lucid dreaming and exploring the idea that we are our most authentic, truest selves in our dreams. And how can we bring those emotions and those, the vividness of a lucid dream and, and being our most unapologetic selves in the subconscious world out into the real world and uh, kind of blurring the boundary between your subconscious and your presenting self. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so interesting. And I, I love that, like, you're like, even as a kid, you can see kind of like the beginnings of your style forming and like the what you care about and color and, and all of that. I think that for a lot of people, it is like that where you don't know it at the time. It's kind of later on after you've discovered like, what is my style? What is my identity? You look back and you're like, okay, I see the little, the little steps towards that throughout. Like, yeah, definitely. To that point. It's interesting because my full-time job right now is I am a colorist. So I'm very <laughs> much in the, in the color world. I work a lot with color standards and um, kind of helping build, build color palettes. Uh, for mm -hmm. the company that I worked for so um, it was kind of an industry that I ended up in by accident almost but now that I look back I'm like oh this actually makes perfect sense for me and I, I really love that I get to be very immersed in this in the color world that's like so much deeper than I ever would have thought you know mm -hmm. yeah I, I see your like polls on Instagram of like are these two Pantones the same or are they different and <laughs> It's really amazing that they have some that are the same. And sometimes I'm matching something and I just like can't find like that specific shade of pink in like our color standards. But like sometimes you have colors that are like basically so similar that they're the same. So mm -hmm. it's it's a it's an interesting world. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done one of those like tests to see how well you distinguish color hues versus like the average person? 
I actually had to take that test in order to get my job. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah. I scored very high then. I, I did get a perfect score. <laughs> but nice. it's like, you know, if you're if you're not colorblind, and I, I, I like to think that I have developed like a, a hyper sense, like, you know, like super tasters. I would like to think mm-hmm. that I am like a super color seer. Um, but I don't actually know if that's true. Like a lot of my friends have taken the test and like they've also scored perfect, you know, so mm-hmm. definitely like an eye that I've trained, but I, I do believe that many people possess the, uh, the color seeing abilities. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost the, like a lot of, you know, there are a larger group of people that can see the range of color, but then as a designer or, you know, in your job as a colorist, like you're training your kind of intellect to not only see the difference but be able to describe the difference like yeah whether like your eye may be able to see it but then to know like what what is different or why I might want one over the over the other that can be I think something that like a skill that you learn or like that you use in your job that maybe isn't as like developed in everybody who can see the full range yeah, it's very funny. I used to be a col- I used to be a fabric dyer, and I was dyeing fabrics like to color match Pantone standards. And a lot of mm-hmm. the times, like I'll find myself looking at like a chartreuse color, and I'll describe it as like a purpley green, which like mm-hmm. probably doesn't make sense to somebody, but like to me, that's like what I would use like green and purple dyes in order to achieve that color, you know. And like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's definitely a, a language that I've that I've picked up like by kind of being in this industry. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, so kind of walk us through, I know like you're, you create collections and you just showed a collection at New York Fashion Week. Um, in addition to, you know, working full-time at your job as a colorist. Um, so can you walk us through kind of what is your process of designing a collection? Like what, what start to finish, what does your process look like? Yeah. Um, I always start with a playlist actually. I am a dancer and I've always kind of been in the performance world, which I think is part of why um, I'm very into this like event design space too and creating Mm -hmm. something at the end of the day that is like immersive and interactive um, and like an experience for an audience. Um, So I definitely feel like my inspirations come from very personal experiences. Um, I explore a lot of topics about like mental health and relationships and psychology, um, just because that's something that's very personal to me um and a lot of the times the music that I'm listening to at a given point in my life is like very it captures the energy that I'm feeling you know like there are songs that just like hit sometimes that I will put onto a playlist and that's just like what fuels my inspiration um and the the actual topic uh, evolves over time I definitely consider the whole process to be a living process from start to finish um but I will kind of like do some visual research and in addition to the music that's making me feel a certain way usually there's visual imagery that goes along with that um right now for next season I'm exploring dried flowers and uh, like symbolism of flowers and um also some like monster type of imagery um combined I I think in like a very fantasy type of way so I'm, I'm kind of like in the in the like Alice in Wonderland sort of headspace when I'm mm-hmm. going coming about that um and I just kind of I will start by like just giving myself a lot of like visual and audio like stimulation that's going to like create a mood 
Um, I'm definitely pulling images and then I will like collage things. Um, I, I do a lot of like both 2D and 3D collage where I'll um, take visual references and then I'll cut out paper, uh, you know, in the shapes that I'm pulling from my inspiration images and really like build them onto um, like my mini dress form, which mm -hmm. is really helpful because it kind of breaks me out of the mindset of designing clothing. And I'm really just thinking about like silhouette and how that fits onto a body. Um, and the collages are kind of like a mishmash of a bunch of different mediums that I can then kind of translate into garments. And I find that that's just a more um, less, I, I guess like a more freeing and like less restrictive to specific garments type of way to approach it for me. Um, yeah. I don't really come at it from thinking about like, I'm going to design a dress, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the dress will emerge from the silhouette that I'm creating when I'm letting start to think about construction. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of different, you know, 2D sketching and then also like, you know, 3D sketching with the paper on the form and then I'll take photos of it and then I'll cut up the photos and then I'll collage them onto a 2D sketch. So um, ultimately I'll kind of come out with like probably a hundred sketches that I can pull from. And then I kind of wow. curate uh, a lineup of silhouettes that I like. And then from from the lineup, you know, get a good variety of, of different shapes and um, potential garment types that could come out of that. And then I'll design the looks from there. Yeah, and then nothing ever shows like nothing ever comes out how I sketch it so it's, <laughs> it's changing the whole process too mm -hmm. yeah it seems like a very like abstract and you know mixing art and performance and 2d and 3d and like the visual and the tactile together like in your initial even concept process yeah totally cool okay so after you've kind of designed the or you've created the con it sounds like that's kind of like the first concept stage and then you're creating the designs from that of like okay this silhouette maybe lends itself better to a skirt versus a top or something mm -hmm. like that um so what what comes next like when you mentioned then thinking about the construction stage is that's what is that what right. you're thinking of after that Right. Yeah. So I'll kind of take those, you know, whatever sketches that I come up with. And then I'm thinking about the structure of it a lot of the time. Like I'll do, I'll, you know, part of my research process will include materials too. So it will mm -hmm. be, um, that will be part of the sketching, but then I'm kind of looking at materials and like what type of material would be best to achieve like this particular structure or this like fluid skirt. Um, and like what fabrics can I put that in? I definitely also like a, a color, building a color story is, is a big part of it. Um, and then I'll kind of start doing some textile manipulations where I'm like creating little mini samples and seeing, you know, if I paint this this way, how will this work? And like, this is how it is in my head, but like, and I think I want to do this by dyeing it, but maybe dyeing it isn't actually the, the best way. And instead I can do it by um, painting it with something else, you know, like, Mm -hmm. coming up with like the different ways that I'm going to achieve the effects um it's a, it's definitely a long process um mm -hmm. and then once I do that I I at least for this next collection you know sometimes it's more print-based like my last collection was a lot more print-based so I was doing a lot more digital work um and those were like more wearable pieces that were um more focused on print but like next time 
what I'm trying to do is like, I'll do my fit samples, which will pretty much be like basic undergarment pieces, like, like structural, like foundations. And then uh, it will be like more artwork that I'm building on top of it. So it's definitely a different approach every time, but um, that will, that's how I'm planning to approach the next one, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense of like the materials. I feel like they, they, the materials need to come first, you know, um, where like before figuring out how to construct it, because it, it, it does make, I think, a huge difference. And like you said, being able to construct the shape or the silhouette or the print really changes how it looks or the colors or, you know, how that all works together it creates a whole new piece than if you're just like looking at it in like white muslin. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I sometimes like, you know, sometimes in my head, like I, I, I think in very gravity defying pieces sometimes. Um, and I will initially be like, oh, okay, like this can kind of work. But then I actually try to build it. And it's like, okay, with the actual scale of this piece, like it would work in theory, but like it just needs so much more material. So then I have to think about how am I going to support it in a different way? Like one of the skirts that I just did for my last collection was going to be like this big like sugar plum fairy skirt and mm -hmm. I thought I could just do it with fabric and then I built it with fabric and I was like nope this needs some something under it and then I had to find the right material to create like the support for it and you know it's it, it then mm -hmm. you start to approach it from like an engineering perspective of like how am I going to actually pull this off and a lot of the times that ends up you know meaning that I have to change my ideas around and um not, you know, keep the integrity of the design and, and keep like the silhouette as much as I can, but um, just like adapt to the process. And I think like being open-minded about making changes along the way is really important because sometimes it'll look better if you just scrap it and do something else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think um, that happens, you know, maybe not a lot, but certainly like it's not rare that um, the... Like what you, yeah, just what you said, what you see in your head of this is going to look great in this fabric and then you try it and it just somehow like the materials and the idea are fighting each other or they're not right. helping each other. And then you, to be open to let's rethink this or try a different fabric or slightly change the silhouette or something um, can yeah. really find that harmony between the materials and the design to where they're working together. They look amazing then like it makes such a huge difference I think when you find yeah. like the perfect combination of those two versus when you're trying to like force a fabric to do something that it just is not wanting to do it's yeah. very difficult plus it's like some things I'm just not good at you know like it, like there are some techniques that I will think in my head like how hard can this really be and then I'll try it and I'll <laughs> be like you know what like this is just not happening for me this time and like I tried it and like maybe but like maybe I'm not like kind of staying true to my style and and like you know sometimes it's better to stick with like it's always good to like try new things and like branch out your skills but like I at the end of the day like I want to be experimental but I also want it to be I want it to like feel like me and I want it to look as high quality as it is in my head so mm -hmm. um sometimes kind of going back to you know just kind of accepting you know like this is a technique that I just don't know that much about and like it was good to try but like now I know what it takes to try to execute this for next time and like maybe I don't mm -hmm. have time this time but like you know it's a lot harder than I thought so like that's that's an important place to be able to compromise with yourself too mm -hmm. yeah and it seems like you're doing so much of the process yourself so like 
you're the one doing kind of start to finish all these steps in in your collection right right yeah so it's that can take a lot of time so like how yeah and I mean that's a good question how how far in advance of let's say the runway show are you working on a collection like this because it seems like it's quite an extensive process um I mean I'm kind of like pretty new to um the flow of like the seasonal calendar I guess in terms of like fashion weeks um Mm -hmm. this last show that I just did like I had kind of been like casually working on this collection I wanted it to be kind of wearable I just wanted to like be working on some stuff like in 2022 but I didn't really have any plans to show Mm-hmm. Um, I had about 70% of the collection done when I got invited to the show that I did. And I, I was just working day and night for that last month, like cranking everything out. Um, I actually, so like, I actually don't really even know, like my senior year of college, I was working, it was a six look collection and it did take me the entire year. But like, part of that mm-hmm. is because I was like taking other class. I mean, you know, yeah. also, like, <laughs> my schedule is like totally different now, but like, you know, it was also like, you know, I was keeping up with the pace of, of the class and like when things were due and like kind of on the same timeline as everyone else. So like, I haven't Mm -hmm. really completely on my own, really tested like how long it would take me to do a collection like that. I would say like a year is definitely doable. Um, Right now I'm, I guess, trying to do it by September, which is definitely going to be ambitious, but um I think I can do it I don't know (laughs) it's gonna you know it'll depend you know maybe like in my head I designed 12 looks but really I only end up completing eight and like that's you know what I can get done in that amount of time yeah Yeah. exactly gotcha um so who do you design for like I I know it seems like you take a very kind of like art fashion approach to things and kind of think of the wearability side second but do you have kind of in mind like who's going to wear these pieces or what they're being worn for when you're designing um yeah sort of I think my end goal is like it's like I guess from a client perspective like practically I would really love to do like red carpet met gala uh, you know everybody Mm -hmm. says this but like it would be a dream to like, you know, do customs for celebrities, for like, you know, musicians on tour or something like that. Um, and so that would be like probably, and, and then like, I guess I would want to do like accessories or um, smaller pieces, you know, like the big fashion houses do like their mm-hmm. makeup lines to like, you know, do, get their target to like the everyday, but I guess roughly everyday, you know, like the mm-hmm. more more affordable pieces than like the top tier runway stuff. Um, but my like dream dream which is like not really something that I've really seen so many people do I guess is like create events like in- immersive like interactive events um I guess like my main thing is like I would never want somebody to come to a show for me I'd want them to come for their own experience and the way that I want to offer that is like by taking my inspiration sort like right now I'm like thinking a lot about like women's mental health and um how mm-hmm. like like you know so much about women's mental health related to like your hormone cycles is like so under researched and like a lot of people really struggle to like figure out what's uh you know how to how to like best like treat and support their hormone cycle which is like something that is we all deal with and and also something that everyone you know all all people with 
you know, estrogen menstruating hormone cycles do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been, um, so that would be, you know, like a, a taking an inspiration source that's really meaningful to me, but also something that can be relatable for a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And creating an experience that, you know, not so much from an educational perspective, but just from a self-expressive perspective of um, giving people the space to share their own experiences and creating pieces surrounding, you know, maybe like have models like wearing my work at an event, um, but maybe the works are interactive or maybe there's murals that are interactive or maybe there's some sort of like, um, you know, installation aspect of it that people can can be a part of and share their own stories. And um, at the end of the day, I would love for those experiences to be, or that the the final work, I guess, is is a representation of everybody who attended um, Mm -hmm. and was able to like take part in it in some way, you know, um, to kind of like reach a wider audience and just give people the space to to be expressive. Um, I don't really know. I don't have like really a business plan for that yet, but, that would, I would say that's like my big, my big giant dream. I That's so fascinating. And I think that, I mean, it's something experiences I think are becoming like bigger and bigger, you know, more, more and more popular. And even at the brand level, like investing in an experience rather than just like going into a store or going to a runway show, like it's, it's all, maybe this is partly a pandemic too, where everyone was like, I need to go out and do something, you know, (laughs) like when we could all get out. But yeah, I think it's such a fascinating area that like, I'm very, I'm not much in, I'm much more like the engineer side and less on like the conceptual design side like you are. So it's always really interesting to me to talk to people who have your perspective um, and hear like how like the the fashion itself is kind of part of a bigger experience instead of just like the garment um, that's being worn. Yeah. So it's, it's all like the industry, like I feel like fashion, especially art fashion is like so exclusive and so like mm-hmm. not attainable for like the everyday person. But like, I just love that stuff so much. And like, you know, it's like, I would, I would love to be able to go to or you know access like those types of like super out there like events and stuff and like I guess like my goal would be to like bridge that gap and like make it you know make it interactive and make it accessible for like the everyday person because most of us like don't really get to experience that unless you're like you know on on the like on the short list of <laughs> super mm-hmm. famous like super high up like people you know like I it just I want to just make it like more a more inclusive space for regular regular people to be a part of mm-hmm. and those of us who aren't invited to the Met Gala so exactly a Met Gala <laughs> but for regular people <laughs> yeah that would be so fun um so when when you're designing a collection, are you also in like the concept stage thinking about kind of like the space and how it will be shown and kind of that whole interactive piece as well? Yeah. I guess it's like when I'm listening to my playlist and I'm looking at my visual stimuli, like it's it kind of like, I was just describing this to somebody as like, have you ever seen those like AI animations where it's kind of morphing from one thing to the next and you can't really tell what's changing or what it actually is until it kind of reaches its final form. Mm-hmm. 
that's like kind of what's going on in my head when I'm designing. <laughs> um, and I like saw one of those like graphics online and I was like, this is the most perfect like visual representation of like my head, like what's going on in there. Um, and it, I really like, I'm kind of picturing it'll it'll be like I'm listening to a song and like it'll have this like tension build up and then there'll be this like massive bass drop and like I will just be sitting with my eyes closed and I can just like picture exactly what I would like what would walk out on the runway at that moment and and mm. that and then I like really just kind of start sketching from there like that's how I really like get in the flow um and then I'm thinking about the lights and the music and the um environment and like what the what the floor looks like like I have a whole a whole environment in my head that I'm thinking about like when I'm when I'm designing the pieces too because I want the pieces I want the environment to be reflective of the collection and of the mood because I want it to feel like somebody's just entering another world you know mm -hmm. yeah so it's, it's like you're creating the whole story like you said, like right. the experience of like stepping into the story beyond right. just like looking at the clothes from your seat. Exactly. Yeah. Where so with your New York Fashion Week show, um, how did that opportunity come about? And then like were you able to kind of uh, set up the whole environment how you envisioned for this collection at that show? At that show, I was not I wasn't um able to do like the the level of production that I would ultimately want to do but you know makes sense for the fact that it was like my first show um mm -hmm. the producer of the show reached out to me on Instagram I think he's a photographer and, and found my work through um, Caviar which is a magazine submission website um okay. he also has his own magazine that, that he I guess he was looking for designers uh through that site so I have a profile on there where I will publish my work and sometimes submit to magazines um you know once I once I have a collection come out so that was that was the platform that he found me on um what was really awesome about the show is like a lot of these production companies will charge designers like ten thousand dollars in order to be able to show mm -hmm. um and that is just like not in the cards for me right now or probably anytime soon um and you know this this show was like 100 percent volunteer and um all the profits from the show were donated uh, to an organization, um, which it was just like a really great way for people to um, kind of create something together. And it was, you know, just just like nice for, for all the designers to get to show, um, you know, without that really hefty cost and, and for mm -hmm. everybody who volunteered to kind of like help make, make the show happen, which was really great. So cool. So are you doing a lot of the planning for the show too, or just one no, of the designers who like one, participated? Right. Yeah. So this one was, there were like eight designers that were showing. I actually even came with my own models. I, uh, because I'm a dancer, like I take a lot of classes at um, a dance studio in the city. And like, I used to work there and I had a lot of friends who were like really interested in like just getting involved in fashion week stuff. And um, we just kind of all did it together. Just like for and we had a really fun time you know mm -hmm. like all my friends you know doing it with all my friends was like so great um yeah so I wasn't I wasn't a part of any of like the production of it I just kind of like showed up with my collection on the day and like <laughs> I had my models walk the runway but um you know it, for for 
my my little team of people it was just like so it was it was chaotic and a crazy time but it was a lot of fun to just kind of have that experience as you know young people in the city like all of us are like you know early 20s like just Mm -hmm. doing out and having a good time so <laughs> sounds like a fashion show to me yeah it was it was quite uh quite an experience mm -hmm. but, you know good to good to be a part of and I I totally forgot until you just mentioned like your friends modeled for you that that like for my senior collection in college like I had some friends model for me in the runway show and it was just like that it was like we all like got together and you know played dress up and they got to walk the runway and like it was just it was so fun to do yeah super cool and it's like nice when everybody's kind of like everybody's creative and like the, the hair and makeup team were like so amazing and like they they really you know I just love like when people can just like be creative and like just add their own flair to it you know like they just saw the looks and they were like oh I know what to do and like everybody just really contributed like such amazing work to everybody's collections and um everybody I think like was able to get you know some stuff for their portfolio out of it and, and like the experience was just like a, a great like kind of collaborative effort mm -hmm. so cool um so kind of like in talking about like what you kind of kind of resulted from this show um was there any like did you what kind of resulted from the show for you and your brand? Like, was there any cool connections that you made at the show or um, feedback you got or yeah. What's it kind of been like after that experience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely it was a great place to meet a lot of really talented designers and other artists and um, everybody that kind of worked on my, like, you know, I guess for, for everyone listening, it should definitely check out some of my posts of the collection because I tagged everybody that was on the hair and makeup team and the photographers, like it was just so great to connect with all of them and, and definitely should give them a follow. Um, and especially like anybody in the New York area who's looking for photographers and hair and makeup artists, um, everyone was just lovely. Um, and um, I have kind of been working on building my social media, like over the past couple of years, I really started on TikTok um, leading up to my senior year, like fashion, show um and then I I shifted my focus a little bit to Instagram just because I feel like um TikTok is a little we're not really sure what's gonna happen with it um mm -hmm. and uh I just have found like I, I and this might have been on me but like any it's like hard to reach an audience um and and hard to kind of convert to sales um and I started on TikTok by sharing a lot of um, pattern making tutorials specifically. And mm -hmm. that really, like people really loved those and I, I enjoyed making them, um, which was great for while I was working on my collection, but it, like senior year of college. But after that, I kind of wasn't really making so much. So I didn't really have, it, it wasn't really as natural for me to make that type of content. And because I kind of niched myself into that pocket, it was really hard to make anything else that would uh, be successful in the same way um, on TikTok on TikTok okay um, yeah. so when I shifted more to Instagram I have been doing like shorter series but a lot more variety so that it's like you know so that as I'm growing my audience um, I'm kind of like hitting different niches and different pockets and, and um, kind of giving a more comprehensive look at my brand and the behind the scenes and like sharing you know my work in that way um, mm -hmm. I love sharing 
behind the scenes stuff. I love sharing educational content. I think it's like so great, especially for people who maybe didn't know that they wanted to get into fashion or they do it as a hobby and, and you know, they're not necessarily going to like go to school for it or, um, you know, other any other reason why somebody, you know, somebody, you know, couldn't afford to go to school for it, especially, you know, like I just think access to education is so important. And um, I'm trying to kind of use that platform as a way to share share the wealth mm-hmm. um the knowledge and obviously like you know I I am a baby so I only can can have so much experience myself but um I think that like you know just having the the basic tools and like understanding pattern making and understanding the industry you know it, it gives you a lot of a lot a lot of like foundation just to like know where to know where to start I guess mm-hmm. um and yeah, I, always, like, I mean you're steps ahead of the people who are like thinking about what I want to go into fashion or how do I first start out doing something like this or creating a collection totally. or patterning this design yeah definitely and and it's like you know I, I I've had like so many people in my life like growing up that were such amazing resources like it it's hard to find like as an aspiring designer like people who really like can help you get started so like I have mm-hmm. always wanted to it you know as a as a way to kind of pay it forward from everybody who is really supportive of me you know to be that resource for people who are looking to um kind of get into it the same way I think like there's just so much like competitiveness in the industry and I think there's mm-hmm. really no need for that you know like I agree it, it, is, it is like whatever every industry is competitive but like uh, there's room there's room for everyone you know you can mm-hmm. you can do it if you want to and like your drive and your passion and like your desire to support people and like just be nice like gets you so far you know like I just like I don't know it's just like I just don't see any reason not like why like not to share the tools Mm -hmm. yeah I am totally with you on that where it's so much more fun to have like friends and collaborators and fashion and be able to, you know, do something like a fashion show together rather than being all competitive and like not sharing resources or opportunities. It's yeah. Like, like, and it's, fr- it's like so nice, you know, exactly. And, and like, it's amazing that like, I have so many friends that I've made like through social media who like, you know, we kind of like help each other out, you know, like when going mm-hmm. through, like I do brand deals on social media and like I, the only people that I know that do brand deals are people that I've met through social media. So like we help mm-hmm. each other figure out like, how do we do taxes on those, you know, like, and, it, and like people, you know, other, other people who are, or people who will reach out to me and be like, Hey, like I'm a fashion student whatever like I'm working on this project like I'm you know I answer my dms like the best I can you know um Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like it's just so nice like it's such a nice community of people and like I'm so grateful to like have so many creative people in my life and like I will I will always want to like give them you know the the platform to support them and they're they've I'm so grateful for like the people in my life that that really have done so much to support me and my my dream so it's, it's nice that like whether they're designers or makeup artists or photographers whatever like that we that it's like we're like we really just like care about supporting each other's work and and can just make some amazing stuff so I just feel like it's a lot less limiting than than competing (laughs) agreed agreed we found that overall like the fashion industry whether through your your own brand or through your full-time job like the people you've met have been supportive or is that kind of just 
a little pocket of people that you found are supportive? I generally, I mean, my job, like people at my job are just like so amazing. Everybody is so kind and so patient and so like talented and, and like people like it's, it's, I, I feel like I hear a lot of stories and, you know, I've had experiences too, where like, it, it feels like a, a, a more competitive, like tense environment, but like right mm-hmm. now where I'm at, like, I, I'm just like, so I, I feel like I really hit the jackpot, like in my personal work and also in my, in my job that like everybody is so supportive and wants to help each other grow and um you know really just like learn from each other and um yeah everybody offers something different and it's it's like amazing what you can create when when everybody's like best skills come together like that Mm -hmm. so true yeah I don't I I think maybe it's like the the reality tv of fashion or like the movies about fashion that like make it out to be so like competitive and mean and stuff and yeah some I mean some of it's real but there are like mean people in every industry so it's like as a whole there's a lot of nice people yeah totally and like also just knowing your own boundaries and like knowing when to walk away you know like Mm -hmm. there are some like I've had some experiences that like just were not really sustainable for me because it, it just I don't, I am not able to exist in an environment like that feels, you know, stressful to a certain degree, you know? So like, mm-hmm. and then, but like you're in control of your, of your whole situation. And like, I always try to handle myself with, with compassion and kindness. And, um, but also, you know, you have to like stand up for yourself and, and make sure that you're acting, you know, putting yourself in, in positions where um, you feel like you can contribute your best. Um, and that definitely also takes, you know, time to to find Mm -hmm. great point so switching gears a little bit um you'd mentioned that you're working on manufacturing some of the pieces from your latest runway show um Mm -hmm. how has that process been and how is it different creating them for manufacturing versus creating just for a runway show yeah, definitely different. Um, I'm working with a bunch of different sources. I'm still doing a good amount of sewing on my own. Um, but I have been like, because I've had some really great internships, like in the city, I have gotten pretty well acquainted with the garment district. So I kind of know where to go for like small batch manufacturing and pattern grading and those types of places. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm doing maybe eight. I think I'm doing, I was just thinking about this yesterday because I'm meeting with a photographer in St. Louis this weekend um, about shooting this collection. I think I'm doing four full outfits and then like two extra tops that like could be outfitted with something else just for the city. So it's like, mm-hmm. I guess that would be like 10 pieces. Um, I think I'm working with five different sources. Some of them are just like, um, you know, sweatshirts and, and printed t-shirts. Um, Mm-hmm. that will be a little bit easier to go about that process, especially like, cause it'll just be on like blank um, sizing wise. And then I have one of my dresses um, that I, that I just got my pattern graded this past week um, that I'm going to do in a few different colorways. Um, and then I have the like full cat suit that everybody loves that I'm working with somebody that might come mm-hmm. a little bit later, but I'm, that is, that's the only piece that I'm having like fully manufactured, um, I guess other than the shirts um, that I'm having like fully done outside, um, gotcha. but I'm kind of like mishmashing it together a little bit, taking my own patterns, getting them graded, um, adding my own labels to things. It's going to be a pre-order um, so that I kind of can estimate well for how many pieces of each to order. Um, mm-hmm. 
I probably have like a couple extras for each. Um, I hope they do well. Like not, like my social media has grown a ton in the last month. So I've never actually tried to like sell anything and I've definitely never tried to sell anything to my new audience. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, people will be on board and, and that the sales will do well. But um, if not, you know, keep, you know, keep plugging through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of like at a pivotal point then it sounds like. Yeah. Like where the business is going. Um, right. So was it like kind of after the New York Fashion Week show that your social media grew or like what do you attribute to that? Um, It was a little bit the fashion show, I think. I did a series like it, this was crazy. Well, I guess like I kind of knew that it was going to do well because it was kind of my like greatest hits from TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. I did 10 days leading up to the show, my top 10 like designer tips and I shared a couple of different pattern making, um, like pattern manipulation techniques. I shared a couple different books that I really like um, and just some resources that I use. And mm -hmm. those videos just did so well, like views wise. I mean, they were definitely like some of my highest viewed videos, but like the, the people just like kept following. It was, it was amazing. It literally, I was gaining like thousands of followers a day for like a oh, whole wow. month um and that kind of really kicked it off and I really feel like you know especially with Instagram and like growing social media which is like so definitely like the way to reach an audience these days like consistency is definitely the key and it was actually I think like the the video on the day that I made on the day that I was like oh I really don't feel like doing one today I'm so tired like I even had put on my story for like two minutes I was like I'm I'm skipping today like I'll come back with one tomorrow like I just was so tired and I really didn't feel like it. And then I was like, you know what? I said I was going to do 10 days. I'm going to do 10 days. And I made that video for that day. And I swear that was the video that like blew up my whole page. So <laughs> it's always the ones that like, you're not expect, like, yeah, you know, like imagine if I like didn't, you know, just decided not to do it that day. Like maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's literally been insane. Like I, I, I had like 11,000 followers before the show and now I have like 105. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, I cannot even believe, like, it's just wild. So, and then I, you know, I posted a ton of content from the show and then um, I did a little series on like building your portfolio for fashion school. And I'm, I'm definitely going to try to expand on that series a little more soon. Um, and then lately I've been working on these rhinestone boots, which is funny because this is like the those. most, <laughs> this is like the, the most like not, not thought out like DIY project I've ever done. Like I literally just like, love these boots and I wanted to cover them in rhinestones and I impulsively ordered like thousands and thousands of rhinestones off Amazon <laughs> and like just like kind of started gluing them on and like I'm not really designing them in any way I'm not really thinking about it in the way that I do like the rest of my stuff I just kind of needed a mindless project but again you know like that's something that people can relate to and like it, mm -hmm. I'm just you know making them little rhinestone shoes and the, and I've literally like the video that I was like to do this so I'll be posting updates like that video got like a million and a half views like which is so ridiculous <laughs> like but it's like so funny you know it's like mm -hmm. okay, social like, media sit is here a and like just individually rhinestone my shoes I actually ran out of my primary color so I had to take a break for a couple of days I'm waiting for them to come in which is a little sad I I'm I'm missing I'm missing the process but <laughs> Um, we'll we'll be back to it soon. Sounds good. So yeah, it's like those projects where it's 
yeah I don't know it's like watching like something soothing or whatever maybe it's like mindless for you but maybe it's the same thing for people watching where they're just like oh this is interesting and let's follow along yeah adventure yeah it's it's so funny it's like my lowest stakes project ever but like people are so invested and I love that like <laughs> you need a low stakes project you gotta have the things that like I always have a side project, you know, you, like sometimes like mm -hmm. things just get stuck in your head. And like, if it's not going to be for this collection, it's not going to be for this collection, but you got to do it anyway, you know, otherwise it's like going to get in the way of your process. So that's what, that's what these shoes are. Gotcha. So with all the stuff that you're doing on social media and a full-time job and your collection designing, how do you have time for it all? How do I have time for it all? Well, not even only that, but I dance. Um, I see my friends. <laughs> um, yeah, so what what do you do to make time to do all of this? Because it's like anyone who's like running a business or has, you know, a side business in addition to their job, it's a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of things to For keep sure. track of. Um, I try to keep my own brand as minimally stressful as possible. Um, you know, I, I don't, I am not in a place where like I want to rely on it for income because I think once I kind of shift to thinking more business about it, I will not be able to do what I love about it. So mm. um, I really like, I'm putting stuff out because I'm passionate and I'm motivated to just do the work, but, and, and you know, it's good for me to have deadlines and, and do shows and stuff, but um, I really like, I don't, I don't really do, yeah, and this might, you know, obviously this will change because like, I'll I'll have like, you know, things to ship out hopefully um mm -hmm. but you know I, I'm trying to like come at it from a really thoughtful approach of not um just like not overdoing it and like doing a pre-order so that I know exactly how much I have to order and giving people like an actually reasonable timeline that I'm gonna get everything done and like I I wouldn't I wouldn't like do I wouldn't do this I wouldn't do it full-time right now just because it would be too stressful like I just want I mm -hmm. like I wouldn't do it full-time until I like got to a point where like I knew that I could really manage it and I wouldn't have to like sacrifice a ton um mm -hmm. because like you know living a balanced life and I I really like that I go into an office and have coworkers and and I learn a lot from my job um I really like seeing my friends I really like being 23 and living in New York City like you know I explore mm -hmm. the city a ton like all of that is like very important to me and like I I wouldn't sacrifice that for for anything and I, and I also don't want to sacrifice like my creativity so it's kind of just like I, I'm, I'm approaching worlds. it yeah like I'm really approaching it from like and I'm gonna just do it how I want a, approach um and doing a pre-order in this way and like you know I, I'm pretty I'm very good at managing my time so um I I'm only doing it because I'm 100% confident that like I can do it without sacrificing the other important things to me in my life mm -hmm. um yeah I just like I'm just not like I'm so passionate and and I love working on my own fashion stuff but like I am equally as passionate about my relationships and um living my life so I would not, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't sacrifice that. So I just kind of make time for it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's really like, um, smart, I don't know if smart is the right word, but it's like, 
I can't think of a better word at, at the moment, but like smart of you to be able to know that about yourself and know that like, okay, this is a good fit for what you want now. Like you don't have to grow your own brand into a full-time thing now or ever if that's not what's going to bring you the most joy and fulfillment. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's totally reasonable. Like it, there is, I feel like a lot of pressure in the kind of entrepreneurship world of, you know, grow as big as possible, as quick as possible kind of thing. And, um, but there doesn't, I don't think there has to be because it's like, you don't want to grow it into something that you don't want, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like if I, if I were to grow it into something where like I'm stressed and working all the time, I would be so miserable. Like I mm-hmm. don't want to live like that, you know? So I just mm-hmm. won't, like <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm curious, like your decision to produce some of these pieces, like that would mean that you're starting to sell some things. Mm-hmm. Um, what is kind of like your goal or like, where do you see your brand in the next couple of years in terms of that? And like, has how has your view of the brand changed at all, even just considering selling some pieces from this collection or does that still seem totally manageable and you're still looking at it as like this is I'm doing it because it's fun and and enjoyable for my creativity right um I would say it's a little bit in the middle I mean you know I'm I'm definitely I definitely stand by like wanting to have a balanced life where it doesn't consume me but I also really love to be a little bit uncomfortable and challenged Mm -hmm. um so you know I I like to kind of like put myself in situations where like I have I'm pushing myself um so it's not to say that I want it to be easy you know like I I definitely Mm -hmm. want to be working hard um and I think like selling some pieces you know my my ultimate goal is definitely to grow I'm just not in a race to do it um Mm -hmm. so I think like selling the pieces is like kind of getting me a little bit you know people wearing my stuff out and like um you know obviously like extra extra income from it would be really great to like reinvest back into my brand like at this point everything that I'm making like from, um social media and from like my own stuff is like is, is getting re reinvested into my brand like it's nice that because I have my full-time job like that is covering like all my living expenses and and that mm-hmm. like everything extra that I do is like specifically so that it can be invested into growing my brand um so yeah, like gro- growth is definitely my goal. And I'm I'm definitely like, you know, pushing myself a little bit to do that. Um, I just don't want to push myself to the point of burning out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so what are you most proud of in your work or maybe the collection or piece you're most proud of? Or yeah, with your brand, what are you most proud of? What am I? Well, my favorite... I would say my my project that I'm most proud of is the interactive installation event that I did in high school um, because that is, while I look back at the actual quality of my work and know that I could do much better now and I have done more like design-wise, like quote-unquote better work, um, I think the experience that that was for me and the way that I was able to share that with people was like just such an amazing like it just was like an amazing space to like bring people together and to create like I had never created that type of interactive environment before and like that was that is like 
probably the closest thing that I've done to what I ultimately really want to do. Mm. Um, I think like technicality wise, like actual physical work wise, I definitely, I mean, I have a, a picture pinned on my Instagram of, um, of um, this piece that I made for my senior like capstone show that is definitely my favorite. It's like this amazing, like holographic sculptural um I don't even know if I would call it a dress but it was just like a, a garment um <laughs> that is like definitely my favorite piece that I've done um but I don't know like I, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself for like every new thing I make to be like the best thing I've ever done um <laughs> and then I think lately I've kind of tried to let go of that and be like you know it's just good to like get the workout and get the experience and make the connections so um mm -hmm. those two things definitely stand out I wish I could say my most recent collection. I do really love it, but it's just not, just not my favorite of everything, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that comes with experimentation. Like not everything is going to be a masterpiece. You yeah, know, totally. it's like mm -hmm. maybe it was more of a learning experience and it was like the, like you got more out of the learning than out of the finished piece in some, some, some instances or vice versa. Like you had more out of the experience then you know or you know got more out of it. yeah yeah like yeah totally what you get out of it can be different with each one yeah exactly for sure so is your style that you wear the same style that you design I'm curious not at all not at all <laughs> no I definitely I will wear my own pieces sometimes I love to dress up but like on my day-to-day -day, like right now I'm wearing my boyfriend's t-shirt <laughs> shorts like that like I definitely am not going out anywhere like dressed in the way that I design I have like one jacket that is like pretty neon and colorful but like the rest of my wardrobe I would say I have a lot of like oranges and warm tones I used to hate wearing that because I'm a redhead and I didn't want to look like monochromatic but now I've, I've, I'm a little bit leaned into the monochromatic look um <laughs> And yeah, I, just, I, have, I have a lot of Ann Taylor sweaters because um, at work I sit next to the sweater team and they have a lot of samples that they are going to just get rid of. So they're like, here, take some sweaters. So I do, I wear a lot of their sweaters, which is really great. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> perks of the job. Perks of the job. Yeah. I like to be comfy. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely can go all out if I want to, but I would say that's maybe, I'm not a big, uh, I don't know. I, I'm an introvert. I would say it's funny. Like I'm an introvert but I I'm a very social introvert so like I can totally like you know talk talk for an hour on a podcast about my work but um I also definitely will look forward to my my recharge uh play and ride later today and just kind of chilling by myself and being in my own head so um nice I'm say, the same way I'm either <laughs> I'm I'm like either at a 100 or at a five and <laughs> I think I'm either at a 50 or a five. <laughs> like I'm very, very introverted. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, Well, this has been so fun. I wanted to like hear a little bit more about your story and your background and how you approach your work. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your brand and see all the cool things you're doing online? So I am on both Instagram and TikTok, primarily Instagram these days at Emma Rubinson official. Um, TikTok, less so. Sometimes I go live if I'm rhinestoning my boots. Um, 
Instagram is where I definitely post like about all of my sales. I have um, an Amazon storefront on there where I share like all of my recommended designer tools and resources, all the books that I have um, for like emerging designers looking to just like learn and um, get started. Um, and I have a website, which is emmarubinson.com. Um, it works best on desktop. I wish I could make it look perfect on mobile. I just don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's complicated. Um, uh, and something that is not in my wheelhouse, but I will hopefully get there one day to have a really amazing looking mobile site. Um, <laughs> and yeah, definitely. Like I'm really looking forward to launching some pieces. I haven't set a date yet. I'm hoping that it'll be probably within the next, I would think like within the next two months, um, I will launch a pre-order. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I will put links to those in the show notes so everyone can check them out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you would like more episodes and resources like this about growing a fashion business that fits your customer, lifestyle, and values, send straight to your inbox. You can sign up for my email list at alisonhanis.com newsletter. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-H-O-E-N-E-S dot com slash newsletter. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of How Fitting.